Tuesday, August 21st, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from Denver, Colorado. We are right here in the Mile High City. You know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports with a dose of common sense. Might just throw in a little sarcasm here and there for you just to make sure that you're paying attention. And we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope that your Monday went well. Now we can move on with our week. Hey, happy National Senior Citizen Day today, August 21st, is National Senior Citizen Day. Now, maybe you're not a senior citizen. That's all right. Maybe you are a senior citizen. If so, happy Senior Citizen Day. Or maybe you just know some senior citizens. Maybe you have some senior citizens in your life. Hey, be sure to wish them a happy day today. Make sure that you take care of them today. We know we've got to do that. So maybe you're a senior citizen. Maybe you're not. Maybe you just have a bald spot the size of LeBron James for me on your head. Hey, we'll just throw it out to you too. Happy Senior Citizens Day to you too. Hey, I guess they're right. Senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose. I'll be right back. Don't you go dying on me. You might not be a senior citizen quite yet. But the good news is you're probably not getting carded anymore at the bar. That's not all bad, is it? At least you don't have to dig through your wallet and pull that ID out. So enjoy your big day. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know which Florida city you'll be spending your National Senior Citizens Day in. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email at dailydosesports at gmail.com or head over to Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you've got a suggestion. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have a question for us here at The Dose. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we have a few things we do want to discuss in the world of breaking news. You know, we do actually have football coming later this week. We've got real live games coming later this week. We have college football games coming later this week. No, it's not a huge slate of games, but we do have real games. The NFL preseason is also continuing. We are now at week three. Now, week three keep in mind, is considered by most teams to be that dress rehearsal. So I expect to see some starters going maybe a full two, even three quarters sometimes this week. And as we prepare for this week of football really getting going, we are going to be discussing a few things in the NFL and college football you're going to want to stick around for. First thing I do want to talk about today, though, the first 2018 AP college football poll is out. The Alabama Crimson Tide, they become just the second team to be ranked number one in the preseason AP Top 25 poll for three straight seasons. Alabama actually got 42 out of the 61 first place votes. Pretty impressive for Bama. Not sure if they can stay there. It's going to be interesting to see if they can manage to stay on top. Number two, Clemson received 18 first place votes. And Clemson is absolutely stacked. The Georgia Bulldogs come in at number three. Wisconsin comes in at number four. And the Badgers actually received one first place vote. I think we have a pretty good idea who gave them that. Nothing like voting for yourself. The one thing that stood out to me, though, where is Ohio State in the top four? Yeah, they're not there. Ohio State comes in ranked number five. It's a little bit interesting, isn't it? I think everyone would look at the Ohio State Buckeyes and say, hey, They're probably the number three team in the country. Yeah, but I think that the AP poll 
took a look at the situation at Ohio State. And they considered that situation with Urban Meyer at Ohio State. And they said, yeah, let's go ahead and slide them down to the five spot. That way, if Urban's job is actually in trouble, it won't look so bad when they fall out of the top 25 or if they struggle this season. I think they absolutely considered the Ohio State situation when they made this final poll. By the way, Ohio State says they will be meeting to discuss Urban Meyer's situation tomorrow. And we should at that time have a decision on what they plan to do with Urban Meyer. I will be surprised if it's anything more than just a short suspension. Because I think Ohio State is going to look at it and say, well, he basically did everything he needed to do by the university. So we really can't do anything to him for that. Did he? Did he do what's even expected just as a human being? I'm not so sure about that. But I think that's how they're going to get by with this. I think they may suspend him for a few games, but I think that's going to be it. Moving over to the NFL, it looks like running back Adrian Peterson is signing a one-year contract to join the Washington Redskins. You know, Peterson gives the Redskins a little bit of depth and some options at running back because they've had some injuries to three of their running backs already in just the first two preseason games. First, they lost starter Darius Geis, the rookie from LSU, who was looking very, very good early on. He goes down with an ACL. Then backups Samaji Pirine and Byron Marshall both had leg injuries in Washington's second preseason game. Now, Pirine should be back. I don't think he's going to miss a lot of time. They are saying Marshall could be out up to a month. So Washington went out and they signed Adrian Peterson. Peterson is 33 years old. He has made seven Pro Bowls in 10 seasons. Of course, he spent all that time up in Minnesota with the Vikings. But then they allowed him to become a free agent and declined to exercise his option in his contract. So he signed a two-year deal with New Orleans. Went down to New Orleans, wasn't very happy in New Orleans. He ended up being traded last season to Arizona in October. And following the season, the Cardinals released him. Now, I am finding it interesting hearing a number of fans, a number of people in the world of the sports media talking about how it is very, very possible for Adrian Peterson to really explode in Washington. He may get right back on track in Washington. Yeah, let's keep one thing in mind. Peterson was with the Vikings. Pretty decent offense at the time. He was with the Saints. Pretty decent offense at the time. And it didn't work at all. He was in Arizona where they were desperate for anything. And he wasn't really all that impressive down there either. So I'm going to be surprised if he has any sort of sustained success in Washington. Here is a guy that is not a three down back. He is like a first or a second down back. And then that's it. He's not a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield. He's not a guy that blocks for someone else. He's a guy that runs it up between the tackles. So I can't imagine him having a whole lot of success in Washington where they are already looking at probably being kind of a platoon system. We saw down in New Orleans, Peterson doesn't want to be part of a platoon system. He wants to be the man. And I think those days are probably behind him. Plus, don't you just kind of get the feeling watching Adrian Peterson that it's just kind of destiny that he's going to end up in Oakland and take over for Marshawn Lynch like within a few months or a year or so. I just feel like that's coming. It has to come. Just feels like he's that guy. I also do wonder this. Is Adrian Peterson still running for the love of the game? Or is he running for the love of those child support payments? Oh. AP's got a lot of kids. 
A lot of kids he's got to take care of. Hey, coming back, you know, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Like I said, football season is upon us. We have discussed the best coaches. We have discussed the best offenses, the best defenses. Which teams could surprise us? Which teams might disappoint us? But today, we are going to be taking a look at the road to success. And some roads are a lot more difficult than others are. So like I said, we've been evaluating teams and players and coaches and units over the past few weeks as we prepare for the coming football season. But this week, we are going to begin looking at the road to success. Like the actual road. Like which teams are actually going to be playing which. Because you can be loaded. You can have talent. But a difficult schedule can make everything tougher because you don't get a week off. You don't get a coast. You don't get a rest and recuperate players. Every week is a challenge. And if you're not up to that challenge, you're probably going to end up getting smoked at some point in the season. And before long, one loss ends up being two losses. And that becomes four losses. Pretty soon you have seven losses. And pretty soon you're completely out of contention. Now, in the NFL, they try to have balance in the scheduling. But of course, realistically, it doesn't always work. If you finish in first place, then you are supposed to play other first place teams. But of course, because of the revolving divisional scheduling and the division that you're actually in, it doesn't always work out that way. Like they hope it works out that way. It's rare that it does. So while we might take a look at the final standings from the last, I don't care, eight, 10 years if you want, and say, okay, the New England Patriots should have the toughest schedule in the league every year. They're always successful, right? Yeah, it really happens because the Patriots play in the AFC East. So we know they typically have six free wins every single season. So with all this in mind, which NFL teams are actually going to be playing the toughest schedules this season? Now we know teams change from year to year. So looking at these rankings, looking at where teams finished last year, it's not exactly foolproof, but we might get a hint of who's going to be playing the toughest schedule this coming season in the NFL. Let's start off with the fifth toughest schedule in the league. We actually have seven teams on our list today because there are a few teams that are tied with the exact same opponent record. But this team starts off coming in at number five and that could be a problem because they have some seriously high expectations. After going 11 and five last season and making it to the postseason, for the first time in quite a while, the Los Angeles Rams, they didn't stand pat. They didn't just say, okay, that's good enough. We've got enough players. They went and they got some more help for a defense that was pretty talented, but didn't always produce at the level the Los Angeles Rams wanted to see. Last season, do you realize the Rams allowed 340 total yards per game? Not great, but over 122 of those yards were actually on the ground. They were pretty soft against the run. So the Rams went out and they signed defensive tackle Ndamukong Sue to help anchor that defensive line. Then they went and they got cornerbacks Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. If this defense does improve, hey, the Rams look like the class of the NFC West, maybe like the class of the entire NFC. But the schedule, yeah, it's not going to be easy. The Rams have a pretty manageable road schedule. They play Oakland, Denver, Detroit, Chicago. Yeah, there's some places there they could trip up, but that's pretty manageable. But the home games for the Rams, they're not so easy. They will see the Chargers, the Vikings, 
and the Eagles all coming to them. Now, that could make things a little bit harder for the Rams, who I know a lot of people are just penciling in for the Super Bowl right now. They're going to have to earn it if they're going to win it this year, though. Staying in the NFC West, we have another team that is tied for the fifth toughest schedule, but they've got a lot less talent than the Los Angeles Rams because the Seattle Seahawks have lost so many players from those teams that took them to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. Think of who all they lost. Marshawn Lynch, Thomas Rawls, Jermaine Kearse, Jimmy Graham, Paul Richardson, Cliff Avril, Deion Bailey, Michael Bennett, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, and Jeremy Lane. They're all gone. And don't forget safety Earl Thomas wants to be gone. The Seahawks went 9-7 and last year. They missed the playoffs for the first time since 2011. So this year, what do they get coming back? Well, they get rewarded with some opponents that win 52% of their games. It's going to be a tough schedule for Seattle. They open at Denver, and then they go to Chicago. Okay, those are both winnable games. But don't start off the season 0-2 playing winnable games, but in pretty tough environments. Because then Seattle still has the Rams twice, San Francisco twice, the Chargers, the Packers, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Chiefs all still to come. Uh, Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks could be in for a long year this year. Also sitting at tied for fifth is our favorite Hard Knocks host that has somehow dreams of massive improvement. And I know there are people out there even talking about maybe the Browns could sneak into the postseason. I mean, I don't buy it but some people do. I think the Cleveland Browns have gotten better, but they still have a ton of holes to fill on that roster. We all know last year, of course, Cleveland went 0-16. So they went out and they signed a few skill position players. They got Tyrod Taylor. They got Baker Mayfield. We'll see who ends up playing there. They got Carlos Hyde. They got Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry. And those players are going to help. Don't get me wrong. But the Browns offense was dead last in scoring last year at just 14 points a game. And I don't see the offensive line seeing all that much improvement. So where are all these points going to come from? Just from the skill positions? That's not how football works. And the defense was also one of the worst in the league at forcing turnovers. And they didn't really do anything to address that. Now this year, they come back. A little more expectations. A little more excitement. But they've got a pretty tough schedule. They play the Steelers twice. They have to play the Saints, Kansas City, and Atlanta. Those are all losses, aren't they? The Browns are going to be better, but I still don't see any way they win more than, I don't know, four or five games this year. Moving up to the fourth toughest schedule, we have a team that should be better this year. But then we thought that last year too, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like they were on the verge of something significant. They went 9-7 and seven in 2016. Then Tampa went and added a few more weapons to go with their highly touted quarterback, Jameis Winston. Looking back, it really wasn't the supporting cast that was the problem. It seems like it was actually Winston. Tampa went 5-11 and last year, and now Jameis, of course, is suspended for the first three games. Here's those three games. The Bucks open at New Orleans, then they are home against Pittsburgh, and then they are home against Philadelphia. Hello, 0-3. And you know, it won't get any easier because the NFC South Division, it's pretty tough. Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans... Who are they going to beat out of those three teams? I don't know if they're going to get any wins out of those six games. Tampa is going to have their hands full with this schedule. Now we move up to two teams that are tied for the second two toughest schedules in the NFL. And the first one has to be pretty bummed because they look like they're making some strides toward improving. 
After going 9-7 and last year under Jim Caldwell, the Detroit Lions fired Caldwell, and they went and hired longtime New England Patriots defensive coordinator Matt Patricia. Now, he should, I would think, improve a Lions defense that was one of the worst in the league last year. This is crazy to think about, but the Detroit Lions defense allowed over 355 yards per game last year. But it's not going to be easy for Patricia because the Lions are going to face some really tough offenses this year. San Francisco, the Patriots, the Packers twice, Minnesota twice, and they have to face the Los Angeles Rams. Hey, Matt Patricia had better improve this defense a ton because those offenses are going to make your defense look bad if you have not made some improvements. And then once again, we're back to the Lions leaning on quarterback Matt Stafford to try to outscore people. Little hint for the Lions, establish a running game and try to improve that defense. If so, maybe it's not so bad, but it seems like every single year we see the Lions just do the same thing again and again. They try to outscore people and it hasn't worked. Our other second place team, as far as the toughness of their schedule, is a team that some people are actually putting out there as, I guess, a little bit maybe of a dark horse Super Bowl candidate. Because last year, the New Orleans Saints went 11-5. and They went all the way to the divisional playoff, where, of course, they lost to the Minnesota Vikings on that final play of the game. Hey, the Saints actually had a pretty tough schedule last season, too, and they managed to do okay. So can they do it again? You know, it always seems like it's the same recipe for the Saints. They have that high-powered offense, and then the defense just tries to do its best to, I don't know, not give up the entire game on the final play, which, of course, they failed to do against Minnesota last year. Needless to say, that strategy doesn't always work. It looks good when you outscore the Carolina Panthers in the wildcard round, and then it doesn't look so good when you have that whole Minnesota Vikings fiasco. The one thing I like about what the Saints have done, though, they have started to run the ball much more effectively. That can take some pressure off of that defense. But again, the Saints are going to be facing a very, very tough schedule. They have the Falcons twice. They have Carolina twice. They also get the Rams. They also get the Vikings. They also get the Eagles. And they also get the Steelers. Yeah, the Saints are going to have a very, very tough schedule. So who has the toughest schedule in the NFL this season? At least right now when we look at it in the preseason. We know all this can change a little bit once the games actually begin, but who has the toughest schedule on paper right now to start the season? It looks like that goes to a team that went just seven and nine last year, but many experts are predicting them to bounce back and they could, but it isn't going to be easy because yes, the Green Bay Packers get back quarterback Aaron Rodgers, but they still have a lot of other concerns. The running game is very average. The pass defense Well, it's actually below average. And as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he doesn't have that many weapons. Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb are solid. There's not much in the way of depth. Jordy Nelson is gone. Aaron Rodgers is already frustrated with the young wide receivers he has on the team. Now, you done messed up, A.A. Ron! Tight end Jimmy Graham should help. But again, there's not much depth behind Graham. And we know Jimmy Graham at times tends to get hurt a lot. Plus, don't forget that offensive line isn't great either. The Packers will face the preseason most difficult schedule in the NFL. We know the NFC North is going to be very competitive, but the Packers also get San Francisco. They get the Rams. They get the Patriots. And get this, the Rams and the Patriots are actually back-to-back games 
and they're both on the road. Now, the schedule's going to ease up a little bit after that, but hey, don't get yourself in trouble early Green Bay because you might not be able to come back. Most importantly for Green Bay this year, you can't let Aaron Rodgers get hurt again. We already have a shortage of good quarterbacks. The Packers had better keep him good all year because we know they don't have anything behind him. If Aaron Rodgers goes down, the Packers season is going right with it. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue to look at which teams have the toughest roads this year by looking at the toughest schedules in all of college football, which is already starting this Saturday. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. September's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Invaders. Forget the flying saucers. They're already here and it may already be too late. Embrace your new overlords with exclusive gear featuring some of our favorite alien invaders. September's Loot Crate theme features items from Alien, The Predator, X-Files, and Venom. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order, just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose. Okay, so let's switch over to the toughest schedules in all of college football this year, which is not actually that easy to calculate. For one, a lot of the toughest schedules go to the non-Big Five schools. Because they go out and they schedule some of the top teams in the country, mostly because they want to beef up their budgets. And yes, they're going to take some huge losses, but they're going to get some big payoffs. So while I could sit here and make a list of, you know, the toughest schedules in the country, we could talk about, I don't know, teams like Tulsa, East Carolina, New Mexico State or something. We're going to keep this at the power five level. We're going to look at the toughest schedules among those teams. And yes, we have to guess a little because we don't know exactly how good teams are going to be from last year. But based on what we have right now, here are the big five college football teams that are going to have the toughest roads in 2018. Starting off with number five, you know, there is some excitement down in College Station because the Texas A&M Aggies have a brand new head coach after Kevin Sumlin never quite lived up to the expectations that he seemed to create for himself with all of his great recruiting. But someone went just 51 and 26 at AM. I mean, it's not bad, but the Aggies were ranked in the final 25 just two times in Sumlin's six seasons. Now, when boosters are spending the kind of money that Texas AM boosters are spending, yeah, they want a little more return on that investment. So the Aggies went and got new head coach Jimbo Fisher, who comes over from Florida State, and he does have some people to work with. But he's going to have to shore a few things up. For one, the Aggies defense allowed 31 points and 400 yards per game last year. Yes, if you're wondering why someone got fired, look right there. And you know, Fisher may actually get this thing going eventually, but it's going to be tough to do this year because Texas A&M has the fifth toughest schedule in the country. Of course, they're going to be facing their typical SEC West schedule. They've got Alabama, Arkansas, South Carolina, Auburn, and LSU but they also get to play Clemson this year at home. Good luck, Jimbo Fisher. Down at Texas A&M, you're going to need it. Moving on to our number four team, you know, speaking of the SEC West and speaking of the Auburn Tigers, they are actually going to be facing a pretty tough schedule this year themselves, although I think Auburn might be a little more equipped to handle it. 
Quarterback Jarrett Stidham is a guy that can really put pressure on opposing defenses. Last year, he broke the school's single season passing record. He had 3,100 yards. He had 18 touchdowns. But it's not just him. He has some weapons returning too. He's got running back Chandler Cox. He's got wide receivers Ryan Davis and Darius Slayton. And the Auburn defense should be pretty tough. They returned seven starters from a defense that ranked 12th in the country last year in scoring. But there are two potential problems for Auburn. One is the fact they only bring back one starter from their offensive line. That's always kind of tough to deal with. And then there is this schedule. Because the Auburn Tigers are going to be facing Washington to open the season. Then they also get LSU, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Oh, and then they get road games to Georgia and to Alabama. Hey, that offensive line had better grow up real quick or the rest of this roster is going to be paying for it. Auburn, fourth toughest schedule in the country. Moving on to number three, you know, they are saying this might be that make or break year for Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. And that's not good when you have the third toughest preseason schedule in the country. Last year, Michigan went eight and five and they really struggled to find any consistency on offense. They scored just 25 points a game, and their passing game really struggled because they couldn't keep a quarterback healthy. This year, they've got a few guys battling for that starting quarterback position. They've got Shea Patterson. They've got Brandon Peters. They've even got Dylan McCaffrey up there. But either way, Michigan's going to be breaking in a new guy this year, and that could be a challenge because the Wolverines are going to be facing a very tough schedule. They open up their season in South Bend against a very tough Notre Dame squad. Then they get, you know, a pretty typically tough Big Ten schedule. They get road trips to Michigan State and Ohio State. That's not going to be easy. If Jim Harbaugh survives this year, he's going to need to find a quarterback and he's going to have to work for it because they're going to be facing some very, very tough teams this year. Moving on to number two, you know, when you play in a tough conference, you get a tough schedule. And Nebraska is going to be getting a very tough schedule this year in the Big Ten. Of course, head coach Scott Frost goes back to his alma mater from Central Florida. And what is his reward from going back to Lincoln? He gets the second toughest schedule in the nation. The Cornhuskers, of course, bottomed out last year under former Oregon State head coach Mike Riley. Nebraska went 4-8. and eight. Now, they do return 11 starters. But remember, these are starters that, like I said, went 4 and eight, so maybe that's not a good thing. Last year, Nebraska's offense ranked 84th in the country. Nebraska's defense ranked 115th. Now, Scott Frost should make Nebraska better, but I don't know how much he's going to be able to do in just a few months. The Cornhuskers go to Michigan, to Wisconsin, to Ohio State, and to Iowa, and they are home against Michigan State. You know, if things go really well, and things come together, and the ball bounces right for Nebraska, they could still end up losing five or six games because the schedule is just so tough. Okay, so who has the toughest schedule in Big Five college football this year? It's going to be a team that has a lot of talent, but they've got a lot of questions to answer too. After being a preseason number three in the country last year, which, of course, by the way, is the number three ranking just totally jinxed? If you heard our last Daily Dose Top 5, you'll understand why I might think that. But the Florida State Seminoles, they underachieved last year. After they lost starting quarterback DeAndre Francois in the opener against Alabama to a knee injury, they went 7-6. and six. But they were a lot worse than that record might suggest. The Seminoles quit 
They look dysfunctional at times. And head coach Jimbo Fisher, yeah, he bailed and he went to Texas A&M. So now that opened things up for Willie Taggart, who had coached down at South Florida and then had gone up to Oregon. Taggart takes over a team that is packed with All-Americans, but they're going to have to figure out how to play at an elite level because this schedule has a lot of landmines on it. Opening at home, Florida State has Virginia Tech. That's not a gimme. Virginia Tech will be tough. They go to Louisville. They go to Miami. They go to North Carolina State. They go to Notre Dame. And they host Clemson. And they host the Florida Gators. Hey, that's brutal. Florida State could actually look better this season. But they could actually finish with a worse record. Because this schedule is just so demanding. Hey, the road to a great season. It is always tough. But these five teams... Yeah, they're going to have to go above and beyond what is usually expected if they're going to have success this coming season. Hey, tomorrow on The Daily Dose, we are going to be continuing our look at the road to success in the coming football season. Plus, as usual, we will have the latest and greatest in the world of sports news for you. Hey, I'd say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose. For all of you that share the show, for all of you that tell your friends, that email us, that text us, that message us, thank you so much. It is very very appreciated. I say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.